I'm Richard Kennedy. I'm here with Nick Goslin and Brian Garvey. We're New England Social, your New England-based podcast about everything New England, from places to go, people to see, events to go to, and uh, experiences we're having. It has been, I think, two and a half weeks since I think we last recorded, which is weird because like we went hard in the paint when we first started, and uh, we decided we're going to be releasing episodes every two weeks. So we'll be, uh, is that bi-monthly? Yeah. Uh, isn't that bi, is bi-weekly twice a week? bi-weekly? I don't know. Mm. I feel like this is something Garby should know. Garby, you're a teacher. Yeah, Garby, you're a teacher. I feel like now that you say it, it's probably Um, bi-monthly. Is it bi-monthly? Like twice a month. Well, okay. If you say semi-annually, that's twice a year. (laughs) (laughs) Semi-monthly? Wait, hold on. So is bi-annual like every two years? Oh, this is interesting. What? So bi-monthly, just a quick little look up, figured I would solve this problem. Um, bi-monthly, done, produced, or occurring twice a month or every two months. So, so I wonder both? if you can use bi-weekly as well. If Would bi-weekly you... is like twice a week. Give it a quick search. Dude, yes. Every two weeks or twice a week. All right, so it's wow. It's well, that's tough because there's four, four and one-third weeks per month on average, four and a third. So if you so were to say really bi-weekly right now, and you really went every two weeks, it would be Right now, listeners, you're a part of something big. You're a part of a podcast decision. Are we going to advertise this as bi-weekly or bi-monthly? Say I feel like bi-weekly sounds better. But bi-weekly I feel like that definitely li- sounds better. But I feel like that lie. might be lying. I feel like it comes, comes across as uh, – like deceitful I, I, and mischievous. But what I just said was, if you say bi-monthly, that's 24 episodes of the year. If we do it every two weeks, that should be 26 episodes in the year. Damn. See what I'm saying? There's 52 weeks in the year. Okay, so now you're just trying to flex and drop There's some math There's four and one-third weeks. <laughs> All right. And anyway, this is important so this for is, budgeting. I teach this in math. This is, this is important this for is, budgeting. Okay, okay. So it's bi-weekly. By bi-weekly, we mean we're going to be putting a podcast Wow, a podcast out every other week. It's pretty exciting. Um, anyways, we haven't recorded in forever uh, because we had kind of stacked up, I think, three episodes right off the bat, and it's been two and a half weeks. So how are you guys doing? Nick, what's good, man? I'm doing pretty great, man. You know, quarantine is kind of in Massachusetts. We're starting to – one of the few states that still has like some pretty strict restrictions in, but we're starting to let up. Things are starting to let up a little bit. Yeah. Um, weather's nice, you know, Memorial Day weekend this weekend, so yeah. Yeah. hopefully maybe just try and go Big to the weekend. beach a little bit, socially distance to, uh, or something. Plymouth? You going to Plymouth? Yeah, place? I think I'll be trying to go down to the South Shore, down cool. to uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts, shout out, so yeah. Um, besides that, doing pretty good, how about yourself? I'm doing good, I'm doing good, um, kicking it over here in Sobo, uh, yeah. I've been going up to New Hampshire to my sister's crib to essentially do laundry. Uh, got out for golf, which has been sick. I know that there's some mixed feelings out there. So uh, for all the folks who are, are kind of hardcore on the social distancing, I'm sorry. I had to. Uh, me and Garby got out there. Garb, we had a good day, right? What did we go? Saturday it was, right? Yeah, we had a good day. It was the first round of the year for me. Beautiful weather down in okay. Portland. This is honestly, uh, we ended up golfing at Nunsuch Golf Course, by the way, uh, in Scarborough, Maine. Really nice track. Scarborough, um, home of uh, Brandon Krause. Home of Brandon Krause, friend of the podcast, fraternity Shout of out. ours. 
huge. That's wow. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Uh, so none such as great course, uh, short track, really short track. I would say garb wouldn't you. Oh yeah. I'd say there's nothing. Yeah. Cause there's like, uh, what? Six par threes. Yeah. It's like six par threes is I think only two par fives, uh, maybe three, but it's, it's a pretty short course. So it's easy to walk. Um, you know, I think which is good during these times, but anyways, we get out there, uh, it's pretty lit. Garby the entire time, Nick. He's like, <clears throat> he's like, yeah. I mean, like, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's the first time. It's like the first time of the year that I'm golfing and whatever. And he comes out and he just annihilates us with a 44 on the front nine. Like, wow. Yeah, King had the next best score at like a 49. Uh, and Garby's like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. You know, I guess I'm warmed up. You know, whatever. And then we're just <laughs> we're out there and we're uh, we're literally we're just we're just talking, right? We're just talking. He's warming up. And all of a sudden, he like turns around. He goes to he goes to Stecco, Matt Stecco, which by the way, uh, another friend of ours. Um, and he goes, he goes, Stecco, you talking shit? And Stecco goes, No, dude, I wasn't even <laughs> talking about you. He goes, yeah, you, you talking You're... shit? He goes, and we're like, we were literally not even talking about you, Garb. And he goes, That's fine. Just gives me motivation. And he tees it up and he just rocks it over these trees right back into the fairway. He has this nice like pro curve to his drive. Um, and uh, yeah, so you are having a good day, man. I don't know. It was a it was a really good first round for you when you say Garb. Yeah. You're really talking me up. My pro curve is more of a slice. Yeah, more of a slice. <laughs> I appreciate. What were the um? What were the five things you told yourself like before getting on the course? You were like, I'm going to tell myself five things. Oh, gonna... yeah, like four four things to just four keep things. in mind for the first round. Yeah, what were they? Give it just, to the fans. Uh, loose grip on the club. Loose grip, huge. Like huge. it's a baby. Like it's a baby. Like, um, the other one was to. Keep a good tempo, so don't try to rip it. Okay. You know, no hesitation, too. No hesitation. I had a little bit of that on this mm-hmm. weekend. Stop it at the top. Yeah. Okay. What's three? Um, Hit him with the hezzy. The other one was I usually, like, go crazy with my feet. So it was just, like, keep your feet down. Old Pretty base, basic old, thing. Old baseball guy. That's why. Old baseball <laughs> yeah. guy. Used to yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other one was just pay attention to my positioning on the ball where it was in my stance. So yeah. usually you should have the irons closer to the back of your stance. Yeah. Okay. The first two drives were far too far in the front of my stance because I sky skied them. So I moved up and it worked out for the rest of the round. So that helped. Okay. All right. yeah. yeah. So I went by that and just kept it simple. Was it your, but did you have a fifth one? And wasn't it like, wasn't it, um, it was a uh, correct for the slice a little bit. Oh, play the slice. Yeah. Play the slice. Yeah, play, this, play the slice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Nick. You gotten out doing anything in particular? No, not really. I mean, outside of walking the dog, we've been trying to. Uh, Kiefer, the best. Of yeah, boys. Kiefer, quarantine pretty hard. Actually, Garby. So this is the first official podcast That's where right. you have had Meadow for a while. So t- talk to us about dog ownership a little bit, man. You're part of the club now. You just Secret got a society. dog. It's like Jeep Wave. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Yeah, I've had Meadow for 16 days now. She's uh, How many hours? Right. 16 days and uh, let's see, 10 hours. Matthew. Um, she is awesome. She's really good dog i wasn't expecting as much biting <laughs> as there is 
is. There's a lot of nipping. Uh, I guess that's normal for a puppy. Um, I'm really tired. I don't know if you can hear my voice. You, you literally sound like a parent of a newborn right now. It's like two good things and it's like one bad thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're just like, they're so cute and it's just so great to have them around and yeah, I mean, really, really don't sleep much, though. You know, really, really, uh, really, really kind of stays up all the time. You do sound tired. Yeah, she, yeah, she's, honestly, she sleeps 18 hours a day, so I shouldn't be so tired, but she wakes up right when the sun comes up, so I actually I got up at, like, 4.30 this morning, um, which I'm not used to, but um, that's okay. But she's really awesome. She's acclimating. She's super cute. She's pretty much got the potty training down. Nice. She can do sit right now. That's good. Uh, yeah. So she's meeting some other dogs that we know, but she, you know, you have to do the whole second immunization run before it's any strange dog. So whenever yeah. there's a dog passing in the park, I have to be like, no, they're not going to play. Sorry. Like, yeah. If they haven't play. had their vaccines yet, it's like the, the smart way to do things. Has anybody yeah. given you that like, look like, wow, dude, like, don't be a dick. Well, no. not really. There was this. One I would girl literally who was go running. off on someone if they said something <laughs> you, to me you, like that. You absolutely would go off on somebody. For those who don't know, Nick's the wild card. He's the. We play this video game, StarCraft, and we call him the bad boy of StarCraft because he just goes <laughs> off. He's an absolute unchained animal. Um, uh, sorry. I do enjoy to trash talk sometimes. <laughs> you do. You do. Uh, okay, so so it's a common thing in the dog community, is what you guys are telling me. It's cool. Yeah, everyone's yeah. chill. Yeah, everyone's chill. I mean, there was one person who was running around, and she asked, and I said, "Well, she hasn't had all. Has your dog had their their immunization?" She's like, "Yeah, I work at the vet clinic, so she's actually works at the vet clinic that I'm going to." So it was kind of cool. But um, yeah, I'm, nice. it's it's nice to have Meadow right now because I'm working from home, so. Um, it's like perfect timing as a, as a teacher. Yeah. No, that works out pretty good for you. And yeah, dude, the, the biting is just like, that is what it is right now. You just gotta, you gotta be firm with them and tell them no. But like Kiefer was a dick when he was a puppy. Yeah. There's like all these different philosophies on it. Some people think you should yell at them. Some people say yelp. No. What's the difference between Well, there's, that's what a lot of the. Uh, trainers are saying like actually most of them they say yelp like you're a, like what is, what so that they yelp? know it's too hard because if yeah, you yell so they like think it's it hurts them yeah it's like speaking dog language like yeah you can say yelp but you should also correct them right you correct them yeah you still correct them after but they say that you should keep your if they're biting they're biting you don't pull it away because they're gonna think it's playing so my arm is pretty fucked up. Garby, you guys don't know this out there, listeners, but Garby's, Garby's holding a scarred arm in front of the camera. <laughs> right it's all now. chopped up. No, no, she's, um, I don't know, it's tough because there's like some people, this lady's like, oh, get a can and put coins in it and then shake it at them. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't what? think that's really. <laughs> yeah, she's no, like, get up should... in their face and shake, shake the can of coins at them. Wow, what a I'm like, revenue. nah, I'm not going to do that. So this uh, is an experience. I don't experience. know. It's tough, this is, tough to this know what's right, but it's a good experience. It is a cute fucking dog for sure, though. It's a really cute dog. Yes, Super it cute. is. She is cute. Um, all right, that's cool, man. That's cool. So you're a dog owner now. 
join the club over there. Uh, we get another dog in the group family, which is good. Kiefer. Kiefer's kind of like the old fart in the dog family now, huh? Nick? Dude, shut the fuck up. Are yeah, you kidding right. me? <laughs> yeah, he's dude. seven and like three-eighths. Honestly, he's a savage, dude. He's a savage. Should we Have we put a picture up on the uh, on the old Instagram of Kiefer? I don't think so. I mean, we tag our personal accounts and pretty much everything, so he's a mainstay in my pictures, but we'll try and maybe get one out there soon. We'll we'll use maybe we'll use him as the picture for this episode or something like that. We'll get a we'll get we'll get a, a Kiefer pick up there on the on the old Instagram. Definitely representative of the episode. Yeah, he'll probably like send us a bill, like you know what I mean, a modeling <laughs> bill. We're like Nick, dude. What the fuck is this? He's like, hey, dude. I'm sorry, man. He's such a dick about this kind of stuff. You know, he's got an agent and everything. You know, real talk. All right, all right. What are you drinking? Um, I got a couple of beverages right now, so I'm drinking the Madonna Double IPA from uh, Zero Gravity for my beer. Pretty good, actually. Really, they're a good brewery. Really good at brewery. I love yeah. their beer. Uh, they do Conehead too, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and which has probably been one of my favorite beers during the stay at home uh personally but they just started doing i don't know if like i don't know if you've seen this actually nick but i think they just started doing them in um six pack small cans they used to only be a four pack kind of classic craft beer tall beer you know stack Um, the coneheads you're talking about coneheads now yeah up at southie liquor in in south boston um you can get them in six pack wait um, and where it's Southie Liquor in South Boston, Sobo. Oh, Sobo. Um, so, Sobo. So, so, so trying to get you to do the plug. Dude, whatever. you're right. No, you're right. I got I to gotta promote it. Um, so, yeah, uh, Southie Liquor or Sobo Liquor, if you will. Uh, you, can, you can get these six-pack of the Conehead beers in um, uh, 12-ounce cans, which usually you can only get the 16-ounce cans, which is pretty cool. So I That is pretty that cool, beer. actually. Yeah. Are you a big zero-gravity guy? I guess I didn't know you. you I mean, not that. huge. I noticed it at the store the other day. Where do you buy um, your beer these days? McCarthy Brothers Liquors. It's uh in Charlestown. Yeah, Charlestown. It's like a you know, it's a walkable distance, but also a nice easy drive too. So okay, all right. Yeah, pretty cool. close. And I got that. Got a nice water too, and then also a hot tea to keep the uh the old throat, you know. The old vocal cords. The old got to keep the vocal cords you do nice and think loose, about that. lubricated. Yeah. Yeah. I've been told that uh, sometimes my voice sounds a little yeah. hoarse or scratchy. So, well, Nick, when you're a podcast superstar like you, you can only bring quality. You know what I mean? So that's that's what you just do for the gig. You just I'm trying. I'm making an effort. You know what I mean? A for effort. F for execution. Overall grade C. So uh, for those who don't know, uh, Zero Gravity Brewery is in Burlington, Vermont, um, in case you're ever in that area, which I actually have <laughs> not been out to Burlington, but um, I hear it's great. Uh, shout out Jesse Dunham, friend of the podcast, who is from Vermont. Uh, so yeah, if you ever, I, we should definitely make a trip out there because I've actually never been to Burlington and I know there's a few different spots out there we could hit for beer, but um, that reminded me of High Gravity. You remember High Gravity? I do remember High Gravity. In fact, funny story, I for the longest time I had a buddy at work who used to drink Zero Gravity and and whenever he said it, I was thinking High Gravity. So this whole time I was like, dude, like how old are you? Like you're drinking High Gravs? Like 
out of college, you know what I mean? And and originally, and then eventually, I, I figured out um, that it was a, a different brewery. That's what I, how I first got familiar with them. But uh, but yeah, high gravities were a mainstay back in the day, more of like a freshman sophomore sophomore year kind of thing, right? Yeah, like freshman. Yeah, like freshman, right? <laughs> which is like, which is like bad because like the bad habits that don't carry from freshman year to sophomore year, you know, are like really bad habits, and like so you leave like high gravity back there. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. dude, remember the Zanka we used to drink? Dude, of course. You remember, dude? Do you remember the Secret JJ, the ju- Jungle Juice? Yeah. Dude, f- five club blackout, guaranteed, hundred percent. And that's Ooh. like if you're Hulk Hogan, to be honest. It's it's more of like a four cup blackout for everybody else. Well, if you're, you have to be careful because somebody who has a really low tolerance says like true. four okay, cup yeah, dead yeah, yeah. for, well, for well, us. First, first of all, we make it, we make it. So like, you know what I mean? I don't think that they'll, I don't think that too many other people are going to be having it. Um, Garby, you drinking any beer over there? I just drank a polar ginger ale. Nice. Lady. Okay. Cool. I'm not drinking cool. beer right now. Um, I'm drinking, uh, Nick, you inspired me to get some Mayflower. So nice. I'm drinking Mayflower. This beer, have you had it? Love and wrestling. I have not. It's a very interesting name, um, but the beer is pretty fucking good. I'm not gonna lie; it's it's awesome. What is, what kind of is it? An IPA? It's, an, uh, it's a dub, it's a double dry hopped New England uh, double IPA. So oh yeah, it's pretty. Wait, throw up, throw up the can real quick. I've honestly been picking a lot of beers off of. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm picking a lot of beers off of like the cans. Yeah, sometimes and like I don't know, can- just kind of going for it. You see a, a cool can art, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'll throw can them, art's throw becoming them some a respect. thing, dude. Can art's becoming a really big thing. Honestly, it's uh, I had this um, I had this other beer, Winter Hill uh, Brewing Company, that I had gotten a couple of four packs from them as well. Uh, Winter and, Hill, dude. Yeah, man, absolutely. So, and they had a, a a couple of them that I thought had some really good can art, which is awesome. Um, anyways, uh, Mayflower is in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Again, Plymouth. second home to uh, my fellow host here, Nick Goslin, um, which is yeah, pretty cool. Also, a place that we'll hopefully visit once we kind of get back to normal here eventually. Um, okay, cool. Well, I think we about ready to jump into the topic. So, what we're going to be talking about today is <clears throat> we wanted to talk about like our favorite New England movies. Um, you know, the ones that we kind of go back to time and time again, and the ones that we think, I think if you're in New England, you, you <laughs> although I will argue some of them don't fit this category, uh, you definitely kind of, you definitely have watched and you definitely seen and, and whatnot. And so we're going to start, we did three, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about our personal favorites as well. Um, and so we're just going to kind of jump right into it here with uh, number one, which was one that I did not vote for, and I want to be upfront about that. Oh, sorry, number three, number three, which is the one I did not vote for. Uh, Hocus Pocus Disney <laughs> film. I honestly like <laughs> saying this out loud on this podcast. I cannot believe that I actually let you guys talk me into allowing this onto the list. No, it's, come on, it's ridiculous. I just dude, watched it's iconic. It. I just watched it. It is. I will say it is iconic in the sense that when I watched it, I was like very much like. Yeah, I remember watching this. I remember watching this multiple Halloweens in a row. I think it came out in was it did it come out in like ninety four or something like that? Um it came out in ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah, it came out in ninety three. Yeah. Um so I remember watching it uh kind of time and time again. Uh so yeah, I mean again, just really quick 
here, this is spoil spoiler warning. So if you hear the movie and you haven't seen it and you don't like spoilers, like then probably don't listen or go watch it and then come back, right? So um, anyways, Hocus Pocus, brief summary, essentially. It's like your classic uh, Salem uh, witch trials kind of story where you got three sisters. They um, are – it's a Disney movie just so everybody knows who hasn't watched it. And essentially they are uh, – you start back in the day and they're – you know, casting a spell to to live forever and shit hits the fan and this guy turns into a cat and then you fast forward into the regular day and then <clears throat> all of a sudden it's like somebody's got to light this candle to bring back the witches who were hung back in the Salem witch trials and then they do it and all this shit happens and eventually the kids put the witches, you know, back in the ground and, you know, everybody rides off into the sunset. So um, not the best summary in the world, but... I'm also not a huge fan. Did I miss anything big? No, I mean you hit all the major points. I mean, really, yeah. It's it's a kids' film. I think it's so. No, okay. let me stop yeah, you right it. here because I will not. Defend. I will not say like, yes, it is a kids' film, but I will say from having grown up to it, I will. I will usually if it's like on, I I will throw it a watch, especially during the Halloween time. And, like, if I haven't seen it and it's getting close to Halloween, I might go on, like, the on-demand and be like, oh, record. So I can, like, watch it in a couple nights. Like, it's just, like, a classic staple I don't mind throwing on in, like, the background. Like, do I sit there and watch it intently with, like, nothing else? No. But if it's October 1st, like, from then until Halloween, you best believe I'm going to watch Hocus Pocus at least one time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. This is the one movie, I mean, we have two other movies we're going to talk about, that I watch at least once a year and I will watch yeah. at least once a year for the, my entire life. Yeah. You watch this once a year for your entire life. Yeah, dude, it's a Halloween classic. It's a Halloween. Yeah. I feel like that's part of the the draw of Halloween is like every Halloween I do the rotation of like the same make sure I see the same movies. Right. Like I'm a huge fan of that the actual Halloween series with Michael Myers. Like those are just on, straight up on my YouTube library. Right. So like I I will watch all of those like multiple times in the October October month, and I mean you always got to throw in like Freddy versus in the Jason series like Freddy Krueger so like all the Nightmare on Elm Streets I don't know you watch Halloween's really the only Halloween and Christmas too, but no other yeah. season really has like films pertaining to just that. Yeah, I guess I I will say. Um... Salem is like a really big thing in New England. If you're not from New England, um, it's like people from Salem really, I think, take pride in their town and the culture of, of the whole Shout Halloween. out Eric Clifford. Shout out Eric Clifford, friend of the podcast. Um, but it's funny because honestly, like when I went to UNH, like obviously I knew what Salem, like what the town Salem was and whatnot, but I met you and Eric and I met Eric who's from Salem and I honestly thought that that was like kind of a joke. And he was the one that was like, oh, no, dude, like Halloween's like a thing and like we all celebrate and it's like a it's like a big event. And I well, it's like it's calmed down now, but it honestly it reached a peak where it was like like there was like unsafe points where it's like they had like a bunch of like stabbings and stuff like it got like wild. Like Halloween is just like a crazy 
yeah. time, like wild in a very bad way. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and and now I, I feel like it's definitely not, I, I mean, I guess I wouldn't know because I, I don't really go, but, um, you know, I guess it, I don't think it has that kind of brand. I think it's just kind of like a good tourist spot, but it's also something where the town has like a really, really good time. So I will say it was cool to watch like a like a film that was kind of based in that area and, and off of that especially when they like fast forward to the future and the kid had just like moved to the town and they you know are um essentially they're essentially talking about this like you know these witches and the story and like all this stuff and i was like oh man this does kind of like remind me of like the people i know from salem kind of really really kind of enriched with this history so that was that was yeah. kind of cool um have you ever big done nostalgia the factor have you ever done the Salem Halloween thing? Yeah. Like, have you ever, like, like, did you, like, go trick-or-treating out there when you were a kid? Like, is that a thing in mass? Like, you definitely It's overrated. Salem. Overrated? It's just, like, wow, way too, time. way too crowded. I mean, it's, like, a cool place to visit. I would not go there on Halloween. Right, okay. Um, it's just, like, the crowds are insane, so it's just, like, not not worth it it's like right but is it a the, staple if somebody's not like in on like the, the same level but think of like going to times square on like new year's eve like right. what are you gonna go there and just like stand around and be like yeah i was at times square would you like, so you wouldn't even say it's like worth a um like so it, if like, you're gonna if, do it one time if you're there. trying to visit not on like halloween but like if you're trying to like visit it for like the halloween factor yes but it does get like super crowded so like back in the day even the salem state university ice rink is on like the other side of downtown salem and so like i would be coming from beverly and if we had like a practice in october down there it would literally take like an hour and a half a drive that should take like 15 minutes like the traffic that gets there it's literally insane so i don't know it's kind of, i just kind of found it annoying in that sense but to kind of bring it back though dude also we failed to touch on like hocus pocus Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker in Yo, lead roles. Like, Sarah those Jessica are some heavy Parker hitters. Is a sub. Yeah, she's kind of a dime <laughs> in the movie. She's an absolute smoke. I was watching that movie. I was like, oh, I forgot about. Whoa, Garby, did you just tilt your head like kind of? Have not? you seen? <laughs> have you seen this? Garby's like episode? more of a Bette Midler girl guy <laughs> <Yeah>. myself. <laughs> Garby, you sob, you are more of a Bette Midler guy. Okay, so have you seen the South Park episodes about that make fun of Sarah's Jessica Parker? No, I don't yeah. think so. Uh, yeah. They kind of made like me a, a little less attracted to her. But I was going to ask you guys, well, who was your favorite, just like for their character, who was your favorite Sanderson sister in the film? Um, I th- I think I gotta go Sarah Jessica Parker. Just like think she's hilarious. She's also like thirsty the entire movie, and it's like kinda, yeah, it's borderline awkward. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest because well, they're like t- talking about kids the whole time, and I'm just like, whoa, yeah. it's just super aggressive. Like, and she. So I feel like the old school Disney movies. We've kind of stumbled on this with like, you've heard reference to us like mention the movie Heavyweights before when me and Rich watched it, That's and true. with this with like kind of like the overall like sexual theme like some of these old school disney movies not as child friendly as they are made out to be man retweet well uh, you know what i wonder about this though and i was going to talk about this where i think disney we we all grew up in the 90s obviously all born in 90s i mean it's like the evolution of everything i just think i just think disney movies like when we really from i want to say from like age eight to like really age like like, I guess, like, 12, 13, right? Like, right before I went into high school, 
Disney movies were a thing. Like Disney always came out with like a couple of new movies and there were always your like Disney classics. And this was definitely one of them. And like, I'm just like sitting here thinking, I'm like, I wonder if Disney kind of conscientiously like, like did read between the lines, more adult like themes so that like kids can watch these movies and adults can watch these movies and both get humor. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. um, I, cause I was watching it and I was like, I was like, wow, this is kind of funny on two levels. Like I could, I, I remember laughing at this movie as a kid, but I'm like, there are these certain things that I'm like, Whoa, like that's like, that's a little risque there. Hocus pocus. Um, so I don't know, man. It You're was... like rated G. Yeah, My dude, ass. I'm like, what the, what the hell, man? This is crazy. Like, dude, pop a one, P in front dude, of that. At one point in time, at one point in time, they literally burned them alive. I'm like, yeah, like, Whoa, that's like dude. mild suggested violence. <laughs> mild suggested violence. It's absolute. It's it's arsony. Like like it's crazy, dude. Like they just. It's. I'm like, when did they? It's a murder. Dude, I, I, I'm like, why? Because like I'm just texting on my phone, and then like the scene comes up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this. They legit try to burn these witches. And and I'm like, that's yeah. yeah, that's that's messed up, dude. Uh, I'm just kind of looking through my notes here. Um, I will say it was like, I did get a little bit of nostalgia. The brother sister relationship's kind of cool. Um, you know, me and my sister, obviously super tight. And I remember, I thought they did like a really good job at the beginning of depicting like what it's like to have like a little sister where she's like sometimes being like an annoying little shit and like, but you also like, you also have, and I think really are proud of this responsibility of being like a big brother. So it's like at one moment, this, this guy's like, yo, get out of my life. And then the next moment he's like, yo, I'm sorry. And he's like trying to make her laugh. And, and that was a little bit of a nostalgia factor for me. Shout out Carrie Kennedy, sister of the podcast. Um, and so like, I thought that that dynamic was cool. They kind of nailed that. And I will, I will say after watching it, it is a good movie. It is like a good, especially for like the audience and the purpose it's built for. It is a good movie. I don't know if like, I think new England when I, you know, watch it. And that was always like my big argument to you guys, but overall it is a good movie. Any closing thoughts on that? I mean, I definitely I, I think, think New England. Yeah, I definitely. This is like hardcore New England to me. I feel this like, is like hardcore. I feel Salem. like ha- yeah. Halloween, especially, is like a very New oh, England kind of thing. See, I disagree wholeheartedly. There, Halloween was huge I don't when know. I lived in Virginia. Gar- no, I know. You lived in New Jersey. So, Come on, Halloween was huge. My dad. So I guess like I would picture it as like a northeast concentrated thing. I just think that like with the the seasonal change and you have like the leaves and like it getting a little cooler we and like do get spookier. a fall yeah there's just like a, a like the fall is associated i don't know you know what i mean yeah. like you associate halloween and thanksgiving with like the fall season yeah and so i kind of think that this is like for that aspect and the fact that it's like in salem it's just like the everything salem about factor, it screams new england to me the salem factor is is big i will say that and i, I can't i was the reason I was like didn't fight too much is like, I was trying to think of like a Salem movie that I really loved, like you know what I mean, that I thought was like a better fit, and like I don't really know that I have one because you know I me, mean? I don't watch scary movies, so it would have to be like a non-scary Salem movie. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, overall, I will say like I'll the probably... non-scary Salem. <laughs> I don't like scary movies, dude. Get off my fucking shit, man. Like I don't, I don't either, Rich. Dude, thank you. Garth. And Rich. Rich, you know, did you say I lived in New Jersey? 
Was it New York? New York? No, it was New York. I don't know why I thought New Jersey. Yeah, I never lived in New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, because you're, you're I, from I, Jersey I literally guy. said it, and I was like, I, I was like, oh shit, is it New York or New Jersey? But is it, I well, feel no, like, didn't I feel Rich like grow up in New Jersey? That's that? where he got the accent. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Whenever um, he says, you know, you know. Yeah. So is that like a New Jersey thing? Yeah. They'll say like you know. Anyways, I'm wondering if you got it from your. Uh, don't you have like Washington D.C. roots? Yeah, dude. I'm. No? Uh, I'm literally from Fairfax County, Virginia. <laughs> yeah, like. Okay, so I, I, I love how you it... and me have both covered our like our our where we were originally born on this podcast, and neither of us really remember the specifics. <laughs> um. So, anyways, all right, cool. Um, movie number two is. Again, one I kind of fought, but I will say a fantastic film, especially after watching it again. I haven't watched it start to finish in a while. Shawshank Redemption, which takes place in Maine for those who are not from New England and are like, wait, what the fuck? Shawshank Redemption? I'm with you. But it does take place in Maine, and I will say it does bring up being located in Maine a lot more than I I remember. But um, yeah, Shawshank Redemption. Does anybody want to recap Shawshank? Um, I can try to do a quick recap. Yeah, recap for us, Greg. Um, so basically this guy, um, Andy he's a big friend. banker. Yeah. Andy, he goes through a big, uh, he's a big banker. He founds out his wife's cheating on him. The movie starts off with him sitting outside of the house where his wife is with her lover, him being drunk and pretty much loading up a gun and then cuts to basically the scene of him going to jail. Yeah. So it's the 20 year to, I think it was 20 years that he was in jail and him meeting this guy named red, who was played by Morgan Freeman. Um, and this took place in the forties, fifties and sixties. It kind of just progressed. Uh, and it was really about Andy and his relationship with red, but also, um, how he kind of got his way. I don't, I don't know, got his way in jail, but he was a smart guy. He was a banker. So he did things for the warden. Um, so he had special attention. So he was able to take advantage and he eventually got out. He snuck out um, and he got the warden arrested, but the, I don't want to give too much away. I mean, well, we're I doing would imagine... spoilers. Yeah, I don't know. Not to argue is something too, but like you say, he got his way in jail. Like it started More out so pretty rough. No, I think I think the whole point is that the whole point is the 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 story's really about. I I agree with you completely. Number one about two best friends, right? Who are like become best yeah. friends because they're in a certain situation. But it's also about this guy who takes this this very negative situation where i think it causes you to say how would i respond in that situation right and he ends up turning it into an advantage at the end of the day and like sure would he elect to do it all over again and do it just the same no probably not i think he would probably choose to not be in prison for 20 years but like he ends up digging his way out and like i i will say one of the biggest things about the movie is for me is it makes you it it it's a tough it's a heavy movie pretty much all the way through but at the end yeah. everybody who should get theirs gets theirs the warden gets his the number one guard gets his you know what i mean the guy who's like 
after Andy, the whole the you know the whole beginning of the movie, the the guy, the sisters, the head of the sisters, he gets his. Like every single person who should get theirs gets theirs, and Andy and Red, who are the two guys that you care about the most, make it out all right. You know what I mean? And so like I can't think of too many movies that I'm like, wow, like so many movies out there are like, oh, it's all sunshine and rainbows, and it's too happy, and it's just like it doesn't like there's not enough like. There's not enough like payment during the movie, like you know what I mean, if, if tragedy for you to like really enjoy the positive at the end, or it's movies that's like way too depressing, you know what I mean, and it's like way too, way too in the dark, and like you don't get enough of that good. This really has a good balance for me, so I don't know. My personal thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean overall fantastic movie. Um, this one was a staple of mine and Eric's freshman year dorm room. We used to just roll like the Shank, Anchorman and Lord of the Rings on repeat pretty much. And so seen this movie multiple, multiple times, but like you said, Rich, it's kind of like a started in the gutter type of story. And he works his way up and at the end, the heavy load that you bore through the entire movie kind of just makes it worth it. When you realize that both him and, He's able to meet up with Red after, and they're just living on the island, living the dream. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the other thing that, like, is, uh, like, you know, that, that, like, I oddly was, like, I never thought about it from this angle, is it's really about, it's really about friends. Like, that's what the movie is, like, actually about at the end of the day, is it's about friends. It's about, like these two best friends and then like all these buddies that are in this prison and they're just kind of in this shit together. Um, and they just do such a good job of it, man. Like they really do. Like, uh, I think from like the, the moment that they like kind of, um, meet where he originally like is asking Fred for help to get like the pickaxe and or the rock axe. And then, um, where, where Andy ends up getting them all the beers on the roof. I'm like, dude, it, there's just so many good moments in that movie that I'm like, these guys are just boys, you know what I mean? Um, they're dealing with this like kind of really messed up like situation, but they're they're all just kind of boys and just watching each other's back. So it was, it was kind of cool, especially because like I mean, this whole podcast is based on us all being friends and and you know whatnot. So I think we all obviously can relate to that on a certain level. So I think it was cool watching the movie from that perspective because I don't think I've I don't know if, again I don't know if I've watched it start to finish. Gosh, in like I mean five or six years. So I mean I will say it was it was good to watch. Garb, what are your thoughts on the movie? Um, I mean, I think it's definitely a classic. It's it is definitely a deep movie. There's a lot of like deeper themes I think involved in it. It's kind of thought provoking, like you said, making the best out of what you got, especially how screwed I mean the guy was innocent the whole time and Basically, he just kept getting screwed and screwed, but kept using what he could, his skill. And like I said before, he didn't make a. It wasn't a good situation, but he made the best out of it. Um, okay. Because sorry. he had a, No, you're right. I was. I was wrong. Nick, you're an ass. He made. He well. That's what I meant. That's really what I meant by it. But it wasn't a good situation. But he did the best he could with what he had. I mean, he built this whole library. He did all the taxes for the guards, and that eventually helped him get out and have money because he pretty much fucked with the warden's money. Um, So, yeah, like you said, it's really about friends and everyone getting 
what they deserved. Yeah, that's cool. I think the other the other reason why I I think eventually I was ended up being sold on this as a good pick was, um, it's it's based off of like a Stephen King book, right? And like Stephen King is, um, just a, such a staple to Maine and like New England in general. Like I would say he's. I mean, he's probably one of the most famous people, like, from New England. Um, or at least he's, he's in the top ten that I think of, personally, as far as, like, folks that anybody would recognize um, the name anyway. So it's cool that he gets a little bit of a shout-out here uh, because he is just somebody who's always lived, like, always lived in Maine and always just done his thing. And most of his, most of his books are set in the area, and he brings a lot of attention to the area, which is cool. Creates a lot of opportunity for a state that I think needs – opportunity created for it for sure um which is kind of cool so shout out stephen king uh yeah i mean for that reason i guess you would say it's a new england movie but you don't really think of it being new england not so much as i would for hocus pocus i would say like hocus pocus is much more of a new england movie than this but it's based in new england and we said top three movies based in new england so you have to put this in there yeah, opinion. that's what I feel like it would have been like a disservice to leave it out. I disagree. I, I disagree so hard, but whatever. Anyways, we won't get into this argument now. Uh, great movie. If you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption, I will say it is a like you a thousand percent should see it. You absolutely need to see it. It's a must watch movie. So definitely give it a watch. Um, okay, number three here. Uh, personal favorite. I think it's a personal favorite for all of us, to be honest. Um, and the one that I think belongs on the list and really defines what I think I had in mind when we came up with this topic is The Departed. Um, and Nick, do you want to summarize this one? Yeah, sure. So um, The Departed is kind of your new age like classic crime movie um, based in Boston. It's kind of loosely based off of Whitey Bulger. Um, and the happenings going on around him and, you know, big heavy hitting movie, got a lot of big name actors in it. So, um, Jack Nicholson plays who is kind of like Whitey Bulger and, uh, it's Frank Costello in the movie and he's just like big time crime boss. And, um, he comes into contact with, uh, I think his first name's like Colin. So it's Colin Sullivan. It's played by Matt Damon. And that guy is based off of, um, FBI agent John Conley. And so I say based off of, it's like very loosely based off of like the criminal activity of Whitey Bulger and like his involvement with um, the FBI. And so like, I don't know extensively, I don't want to pretend I'm like an expert on the subject. So I don't know if like everything is uh, the exact same. It's definitely not like based off true events because spoiler alert, he dies at the end. But anyway, so like, Sullivan gets introduced to Whitey Bulger as like a kid or a Costello and grows up going through state police and uh, kind of becomes like his mole. And so he's feeding him info constantly, helping him not get busted. Um, Meanwhile, the whole time, Leonardo DiCaprio is also in the state police and he goes undercover as part of Costello's gang. So this whole time, you have him who is an actual state police officer pretending to be a gangster and you have Sullivan the whole time pretending to be like a big time detective with the state police who is actually a criminal. And so it's very just interesting, the dichotomy and they both get um, involved with kind of the same girl who is like a psychiatrist in the movie and sees officers 
Um, and kind of like I said, eventually uh, Jack Nicholson's character, Frank Costello, dies. And uh, really the ending, yeah, I guess I can just give away the ending. Um, if you haven't seen it by this point, it came out in 2006. So like, I don't know. But yeah, so Le- eventually... Leo and Matt Damon kind of figure out almost simultaneously Leo like just before him of their respective roles with each other's organizations and no Damon Damon finds out first Matt Damon finds out first well I feel like they kind of find out at the same time because Leo's gone when Matt Damon comes back Matt Damon finds out brings him to the like calls him into the office to to make sure he gets paid Leo Leo figures it out because he's in Damon's office and and finds the actual envelope with all the names in it and he's like oh shit but Damon knew he was the mole that was the whole reason why Leo was there is because he was there to get paid yeah okay okay you're right I did mix that up but so anyway, yeah. So Leo eventually um, like concocts this situation where he kind of got a uh, tape from Frank Costello's lawyer, and he's able to kind of lure Matt Damon out and make like a citizen's arrest on him. And this tape is obviously like incriminating evidence, and it's like so wild. And like the last scene, so Leo's bringing Matt Damon down, and the elevator stops at the bottom floor of this building. And Leo gets popped in the head by another police officer who was earlier in the movie. And it was kind of just like a nothing character. And you learn that he is part of Costello's crew also. So, but then... Like, yeah, there's a lot of twists in like, this movie. And so, like, okay, great. And, and you know, uh, sorry for the longer recap, folks, but it is, like, if you haven't seen the movie, it is, like, so many twists that it's, like, important like to go through it so that you can understand what we're going to talk about um honestly like i think that that's what i was so impressed with was they uh is it anthony washington is that his name the african-american cop at the end no anthony anderson anthony anderson he's in big mama's house um anthony anderson that's what that's (laughs) great movie that's what i like about this movie is it ties everybody back into the end result like even like even like that guy is, is he's you see him running laps with Leonardo DiCaprio at the beginning of the movie, and he's yeah in the academy, and he gets popped with the rest of them at the end because he's there because he's the only one Leo knows to call. He's like you're the only person that I actually had some sort of relationship with, outside of the two people who are either like a wall right with Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, or, yeah, or um or dead with Sheen, right. Um, and, uh, and so they just do such a good job of tying everybody back in together that I'm like, it's, this is like such a classic movie. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts in general, folks? I, I think, well, this is a movie you have to watch more than once to really get it. In my opinion, like I know I definitely didn't get the first time or the second time. And I just watched it like a week ago just to prep for this. And I took notes and, and that actually helped a lot because I'm like, oh, okay, so this is how this is connect. You know, it's pretty. It gets pretty deep, but the cast was phenomenal. It's yeah, it's They're legendary. I mean, legendary. Alec Baldwin in it too. You mentioned Alec Anthony Baldwin? Anderson, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> Martin Sheen. Like, it's like a freaking star-loaded cast. Like, I, and it was a good movie. Such a good movie, man. Like Alec Baldwin plays a role because 
we I know and Nick, I know you are a huge thirty rock fan. So like I know Love Alec, 30 Rock. I know Alec Baldwin from Thirty Rock, which is just could not be the more opposite character. And it's like personally, I think the sign of an insanely good actor is somebody where I almost forget that you're the actor of that character. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yes, I knew that this character existed in The Departed, but I almost forgot it was Alec Baldwin because he's just not at all what I think of when I think Alec Baldwin because I think of him in the Sturdy Rock character where he's just this, like, you know, you know, um, high up the ladder, you know, police captain or whatever um, who's just literally out there to get the big bust, right? And, like... He's there to, you know, play the bureaucracy and, 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 you know, follow the rules kind of, but break the ones he needs to. And, like, when he flips out on the guy who, like, didn't put the camera in the back, like, when they're doing yeah. the sting on the microchips. Unloading he, on him. And he loses it on that guy. Uh, I just, I just, that was hilarious. It was great, man. He's just so good. Um, who was the best actor in that movie? I think Leo. You think Leo? I think it was Jack Nicholson. That, I don't know, man. Dude, That's an easy it's, role. It's so I think not it's, easy. I, I shouldn't say Matt that, Damon. but like it's so funny that you guys picked those two because I think it's Matt Damon, which is crazy. Why do you think? Why do you think Leo? I don't know, man. I just feel like he, the, the turmoil and like the like inner conflict and stress that you would have as like an undercover agent at that level. I feel like he does a very good job of portraying. Like, I feel like he truthfully looks like tortured at points in the movie. And you're like, Holy shit. Like, can you imagine dude, like you're a freaking FBI undercover informant or he wasn't FBI, excuse me, state police with like whitey bulger back in the day, just like putting yourself in that situation. And you're just like, literally in like the amount of times too that he almost got caught when he's like initially like freaking nicholson's like breaking his hand on the pool table with a boot that's like already broken and like doesn't give up and then there's like the scene where it's like he's asking for like all their social security numbers and he has to like swap that shit it's just like i don't know like he just kind of like looks I don't know. No, I feel like I just got those no, vibes from him. You, in the... you, you make a really good point. I went back and forth between the two of them, and I don't know. Like Leo, Leo, Leo's a good pick. And honestly, like I, that I almost, I, I would almost go with Leo. And the reason I went with Matt Damon though is he just like. He literally just like reminds me of like a Boston like cop. So, dude, he's fr- he's, he's from, from he's from Cambridge. So, yeah. like, that's the point where I'm like, maybe maybe I'm giving him something because he's literally he fits his exactly. role like better. He, and like, maybe that's what's not fair about it is he's not really like playing a role. He's like playing a guy from Massachusetts, obviously on the wrong side of the tracks. Which I'm not saying you know he is, but I'm just saying he's playing a guy from Massachusetts, and he plays that like that double side so well like when he's in the when he's like talking to jack um or or um frank anyways it, it, the character name frank uh in the movie and he's like switching back to like almost his like almost his like child self where he's like just be like yeah, he's like chill out chill out like you know what i mean trying to keep things calm and like he's trying to like obviously uh impress this like father figure and then he like goes yeah. he like 
on a dime switches and then he's like just this cop and whatnot and and he's the one that you're you're most you get the most exposure to him doing sleazy shit and like sly shit you know what i mean so like again i think my opinion's a little weighted on that leo crushes it man like leo dominates that movie in general um garb why'd you like jack the most well, I, I mean, it's, I'm not taking a hard take on Jack. I think they all did a great job acting. Um, oh, yeah. That's why it's hard a takes question. Only, That's why it's a question. That's why it's a question. Right? No, hard takes only. <laughs> Back your take, dude. Dude, have some balls. Figure it out. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I think he was just the most dramatic of the three, and he was, like, the funniest and just had the most, like, he had the most personality. I will say, out I of feel like that them. role – I think he had the most personality out of all of them. That's why I think he just was the most entertaining to watch out of all of them. All the characters. Just because of the obscene shit that he did. Like, he had, he was eating dinner and he had a fucking foot in front of him. Just like, whether it was him acting or his character, I think it was... I liked his character the most if it wasn't him acting. You know what I mean? Okay. But he... So, it's really interesting because he is, like, somehow... He's not the main character at all, but it's like the whole movie is kind of about him, right? Like, like he's not the main character, but the two main characters both have a connection to him. One of them grew up with him as a father figure, and this is Mole. The other one is is undercover to essentially get him arrested. And so the movie's like kind of about him, but he's not the main character, so... The reason why I didn't land on him was because I almost wanted more scenes with him and I almost wanted to know more about his backstory. But I wonder if that's why I wonder if that's why The Departed is so much better than Black Mass. Like Black Mass which is like actually about Whitey Bulger and although a movie that I actually like but like is, you know, nowhere near as critically acclaimed as this one um is because Whitey Bulger at the end of the day is the villain in that story, right? And villains are some I think sometimes better when there's like, you know, you see less of them and so your imagination needs to fill in more, right? And whereas I really look at him as a character, I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see how he was going for the Whitey Bulger thing, right? He has this like kind of nonchalantness about him as far as like the gangster work he does and the violence he's into and like all this stuff. But there's these little moments where he like snaps and he gets really serious and like almost scary. And in Black Mass, you had, you know, a really good actor in Johnny Depp trying to kind of portray that for the entire movie. But you almost like, maybe you almost got too much of it. Whereas like something in The Departed, you don't see as much of that. And so therefore your imagination gets to fill in more and he almost becomes more of a villain um, and more of a, more of a badass really. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought the movie paced really well as, you know, you, you cover a lot of time as well, right? Um, pretty quickly, which is nice. And uh, in general, it, it feels super Boston. Like the accents, although very exaggerated, I think worked for me, to be completely honest. Um, and like that Boston PD pride that they had was, was really great. It was it was awesome when he was like talking about living on L Street. And I'm like, I live in Sobo, South Boston, plug. Um, and L Street's like uh, obviously a famous street in, in South Boston. Um, and so like that's just cool because I've like I've driven on L Street, which was great. So um, I don't know. Great movie. Really, really great movie. Definitely deserves to be in the number one spot. Any closing thoughts on it? 
no, I feel like we we hit it pretty good. If you haven't seen it, sorry we spoiled it, but you should still check it out. It's worth the watch. It's it's literally worth the watch because even if you know what the ending is, you have to see how they get there. That's what's like so good about it is you have to see yeah. you have to see that journey on how they get there, which is really cool. Um, yeah. I I forgot honestly that Mark Wahlberg was the last man standing. Yeah, dude. Wa- out of like all of them, it's like yeah. So Matt Damon like, gets killed at the end. Yeah. And, like that might be Wahlberg's best movie, man. Like I'm not like I like Wahlberg, but like, I don't know that I think he's like this crazy good actor. He's like good in this movie, man. Like what he he he's given Leonardo DiCaprio shit pretty much the entire movie, and he does such a good job. Like when they're under the bridge. Like he does just such a good job in that role, man. I just really like it. It's good stuff. So yeah, I feel like Mark Wahlberg plays best when, like, in the movies where he's trying to be this like crazy like war person. I feel like he necessarily doesn't play up as good, but kind of along the lines with what we were saying with Damon, where he's from the area. So if you give him a role that's like a person based off of like this area, I feel like he usually hits it like pretty well. Yeah. No, no, he definitely, he's definitely, they're both. Like this one, he does, even though it's not like a great acting job, like I feel like in Ted, he's just like a townie, you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm townie. like, yo, dude, you fucking kill that. And I feel like both of those guys are like Boston cop and just like um, townie, like, I don't know. Okay, that's cool. That's good. That's good to uh, kind of roll in. Um, are there any honorable mentions that you guys have? Movies that we didn't get on this list um, that you feel like could should have been or could have been or are on your personal lists? Um, for me, it was going to be Jumanji, and I think Nick probably agreed with me there. Is Jumanji um, based in New England? I didn't even know that. Yeah, dude. yeah, in uh, in New Hampshire. And it was actually filmed in North Berwick, and also um, I think Keen. wasn't it filmed in Oh Keene? It was okay. filmed Keen, in Keene, Keen, New that. Hampshire, and North that. Berwick. It was filmed in Keene. I knew that. I just didn't know it was. Well, so dude, kind of like another shout out. We've done a ton of friend shout outs on this one, but I don't know if you were there for this. Watching the movie with Johnny C one time, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was both his dad and his dad's car are one of the cars driving in the opening scene. I guess his dad has just, like, a dope old-school car. Oh. I don't know if he still has the same car. But, like, I, so I don't know if they had him drive it or someone drive the car for him. But, like, Johnny C's dad and or, or – Johnny C's dad's car and or his dad. Johnny C is a uh, college friend of ours, for all those who don't know. Uh, for, uh, a gentleman we went to college with, so shout out Johnny C. That's badass, dude. Are you serious? Right? That's pretty sweet. Um, we will try to get a picture of the car in the movie um, and post it on our Instagram. Uh, that's would be Ricky cool if that's the case. Uh, cool. Any other scarb that uh, honorable mention? Nick, do you have one? I'm a big scary movie fan. I know it wasn't like the best movie, but The Haunting in Connecticut I thought it was kind of good, even though – it's like the one semi-decent thing about Connecticut. The Haunting in wait, Connecticut. What was wait, the name of the movie is The Haunting in Connecticut? Yeah. Yeah. You never heard of it? No. Oh yeah. Have dude. you? Yeah. Rich. Yeah, dude. I just haven't watched it because it's a scary movie. Oh yeah. It's supposed to be a pretty scary movie. Like it's supposed to be a really scary movie. I I, I honestly don't even want to talk about it because it's too scary. But Yeah. No, it's just like you don't have to get into it, really, but it's a good scary movie, so, you know, it's not a staple of my October 
rewatches, but you know, I try and try and throw it in there every once in a while. It's got a 5.9 IMDb, IMDb. 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that's atrocious. Uh, honestly, I love a good comedy. I was going to put Ted in there, dude. Ted, Ted, Ted is a great movie to me, man. I love Ted. I know not a lot of people like it. I just think it's hilarious. Not Ted 2, Ted 1. Um, it's just just Ted. Yeah, it's just a good it's just a good movie, man. I just think it's a really good movie. It's hilarious. Uh, it's a good laugh. And then, like you said, I think I think he plays uh, Mark Wahlberg plays a a Boston townie so well in that movie. So um, yeah, that was my that was my uh, actually hmm. Jaws. I was going to shout out to Jaws too. Jaws for uh, the Jaws. You know, that is a great one. Good call. Yeah, Jaws is like a really good uh, kind of New England movie as well. Uh, Garby, did you have another one? I guess I guess I need to rewatch Ted. It's funny funny thing. I just looked that up quickly. It's sixty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey. Six point nine hey. out of ten on IMDb hey. according to Google. Sounds very like Tedish. But um I was gonna say the Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints, dude. That was a college classic. Boondock Saints is a cult like that's a cult classic that it absolutely deserves to be mentioned. It's Boston, right? It's a Boston Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's based off of. I want to say it's like loosely based off of like real events too. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. We might need to confirm that. Don't take my word for it, listeners. So. Um, <laughs> Goodwill hunting too. Goodwill just hunting. for the shout out. Goodwill hunting. Yeah. See, there just we literally just named like three or four movies that I think absolutely deserve to be on this list over Hocus Fucking Pocus. I just want to be perfectly clear. Jaws. Jaws should have been on this list. I'm sorry. Jaws should have been on this list. Ted should have been on this list. Boondock Saints honestly should have been on this list before Hocus. There's only three, though. And when we were coming up with these, you didn't have a strong argument for those. I told you that all of those – I literally mentioned all of those movies when we were talking about this. And the two of you – Yeah, we mentioned them. Your argument was it's two versus one. That was literally your argument. Yeah, dude. That's how the world works. Okay, cool. That's fine. I just can't – oh, man. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for you to – to not like something and for me to have the other one on my side and I'm just going to fucking be like, nope, too bad. Deal with it, dude. That's how – that's we've done that I know, already. but like – It's these, been like, you, oh, we okay. We just named like three or four movies that just like we could have just spent 20 minutes talking about that are so much more New England than, than I, I would say The Shank and Hocus Pocus. I mean I feel like you agree to The Shank. I do agree to The Shank. The Shank is really good. The Shank is really good and I will say – it's a good enough movie that I'm like, if you're gonna, I will say your argument lands. If you're gonna give the loose parameters of like movies that are based in New England, it's that good where it does feel like it should be mentioned. But I will say it doesn't, it almost falls in the same category as Jumanji for me. It doesn't make me think New England. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, all right, cool. Closing out here. Uh, you guys, what are you guys? You guys watching anything good these days? I actually just pumped through, so I never watched Jack Ryan, dude, on Amazon dude. Prime, even though that's kind of their flagship show. So me and L just pumped through the first two seasons of that, and honestly, that was great. It's super good. Um, Jim, I like that a lot. It. Jim crushes it. Yeah, and then right before that, um, we were watching another British show. It's called Line of Duty, also on Amazon Prime. It's like a british police show where it focuses on the um anti-corruption unit in the police force 
and they like investigate all this like sketchy behavior going on. It's it's pretty good. It's it's very um, what's the white right word to say? It's like a very like who done it and like kind of the same sense of the departed where it's like very twisty and turny. It's like you have to sit down and watch this show like intently otherwise you're like not gonna like you're understand lost. what the hell's going on yeah, yeah. Okay. but it is very good so okay garb you watch anything good i just finished the last dance dude the last dance is so good it's really good i, ha- I never so i have the I guess... last episode to watch so please don't spoil anything oh okay no i won't say anything about just in general I mean, like michael all jordan happen. i mean i was i was born in 1990 so like i knew michael jordan i knew he was dominant but i never really knew his personality all i really knew in terms of his personality is what i saw in space jam so it's like oh <laughs> michael jordan's like this really nice guy you know um but i learned a lot about him and it was cool Dude, it was good to watch i think it was just like just such a competitor man just such a competitor and like i will say there's like this part of me that's like yeah, I mean, like, all of this is, like, obviously easy to say in hindsight, but I, I will say just, like, even all the tape of him, like, talking to his teammates, talking to the media, I just finished the um, I just finished the episode where they're, like, talking about them versus the Pacers, you know, and whatnot, and how he, like, essentially was like, yeah, we'll win game seven. We'll, yeah, we'll win game seven. And he, like, called a shot and stuff, and he's just, like dominant man like just he's the best and so and i have always been a mike over lebron guy and this is just so solidified that for me was i truly believe he just drove his teammates to be the best versions of themselves and i just think he was just a competitor that we just probably a level of competitor that we just probably haven't seen since Again, I've said this on this podcast. The only other person I can really think of is like Tiger Woods in his prime when he was just really dialed in. I just remember when I was a kid thinking like, you know, Tiger Woods just wins – like he just wins golf tournaments. It's like it's whoever's going to get up like second. You know what I mean? Because he was just that good. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's really, really cool. I, I also like this style of documentary. I hope we see more like these where like they like really have like essentially – picked an event which in this particular case is the last you know championship run for the bulls and like a part of the episode is them talking about that but a part of them is going back in the history and like they've essentially walked us through all the other championships i just think it's so well shot so well organized um just really great in general nick have you not seen it yet man still no, I haven't seen any of the last dude, dance. That is fucking a crime. That is a crime, dude. It's an absolute crime. I literally cannot recommend it enough. And honestly, it's related to New England because a big part of the first few episodes is how really Mike had to go up against the Celtics and like how that was the first time that people were really like, whoa, this Michael Jordan guy has kind of got some skill is they didn't beat the Celtics in the, in the playoffs, but like they were one of the only teams that gave the 86 Celtics a little bit of a shake and like Larry Bird and Danny Ainge and you know, all these, all these really, really great, um, you know, even personalities that are still relevant today, you know, are kind of like, whoa, like this guy's crazy, man. And they were still winning games, which is nuts. So, Still, still related to New England. Really, really great. Um, really, really, really great documentary to watch. So I definitely recommend it for anybody. Um, cool. Playing anything good, boys? Any video games? Any new video games? Well, um, 
No, no, no you go, Garby. Well, actually, the Maine Principal Association just um, approved oh. esports as a varsity sport this, in Maine. This is huge, so, dude. This is huge. So I got to get my school on board with this, and I've been playing Starcraft, Overwatch. Dude. Dude, now... Well, Overwatch is an eSport. Yeah. So yeah, it's an actual eSport. Uh, that's the game I'm playing right now along with StarCraft, too. But I gotta, I'm got i going to get on some of those games. Rocket League is on there. For... Dude, that's have... sick. That is so awesome. So for those who don't know, um, eSports obviously is essentially just like prof- like professional like video game leagues and whatnot. Overwatch is a... Is a first-person shooter game that is pretty big in esports and whatnot. They have a pro league, and Maine just approved them as a varsity sport, which is honestly, I think, super progressive of Maine, to be honest, which is, like, really awesome because it's just, I think, the way that a lot of places are going. Um, and it doesn't mean that kids aren't going to get out there and exercise and whatnot. It just means that it's an interest and it's a way to, like, drive. Instead of just playing video games to play video games, they're, like, learning how to be competitive, learning how to work as a team. It's a very – Garby, as you started to play, it's a very team-based game, which is kind of cool. So, mm-hmm. Well, and it's also going to um, help those kids who don't have a different outlet, especially with doing well in school. Yeah, 100%. Because you have to do well in school to be part of a varsity sport. Exactly. You have to, like, not be failing any classes. So it's going to hit a different kind of – a uh, different – group of kids so which cool, is nice man. so cool like a, a group that really has probably needed that for a while so that's really cool um cool anything else boys anything i missed oh nick you had a tom brady take you never talked about oh okay hit um, right, hit us hit us dude so us. real quick um <laughs> we're gonna add 20 minutes. just with the past so with the past uh couple of years i feel like if you're a pats fan i mean even probably you guys know um it seems like tom brady's drive has been like lowered a little bit like he's not showing up to like the otas and like a lot of the off-season workouts um and people are kind of like not so much like questioning his dedication because he's like put in the work but like at the same time they were like you know just not thrilled with it and it never really bothered me personally i'm like dude like whatever but he held a like little practice in florida today he like held his own little like off-season thing um with a couple of the receivers like the center on the o-line and dude i freaking love this because this is tom who's literally trying to stick it to Bill. And he's like, dude, you thought I was old. You thought I was washed up. And he was like, you think he's like, dude, and he's just trying to show everybody. He's like, yo, Bill didn't effing make me. He's like, Bill gave me a shot. Like, thank you. You're a great coach. But like, I am Tom effing Brady. And like, this just jacked me up, dude. Honestly, it like, good for him. I just think that good for him. I have always told you, I don't think Tom Brady's as good as people think he is, but honestly, maybe he proves me wrong this season. Um, I, if he's invested this year and he comes out balling, got, like okay. The one thing I want to say is I'm going to put this disclaimer in here because I, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this topic. A he's lot. 42. He deserves the weapons. Oh. I know what you're going to say. He deserves the weapons. He's fucking 42, dude. Get off, okay? Right, well, so Peyton Manning on, literally had on, Marvin on, Harrison, hold on, hold on, hold on, Reggie on, Wayne, Edwin James, Dallas Clark for his entire argument. freaking career. You can't just not hear the argument. So. All right, so, tell me what I was not. Well, I didn't you're, just you're say. You're gonna just say it, but you're gonna hear the argument. You can't just fucking throw it out there. This isn't fucking last eight mile where you're just fucking trying to say what I'm gonna say anyways ahead of me. All right. So, anyways, 
eight miles. <laughs> yeah, you know, like where he's like, he's like, you know, you know, he's like, he's rapping with Clarence, and he he like raps about how bad he yeah, how bad he is, so that like Clarence has something to say about him. You know what I mean? That's what you just did. You were like, oh, you're gonna say this. Well, I'm just gonna rebuttal you right now. Well, you know, fuck you. I'm gonna say it anyway. So, anyways. He has a lot of weapons. He's got a lot of <laughs> weapons. He's got a lot of weapons. He does. He has a lot of weapons, and that should be said. And, and isn't it no, no, sad? No, 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 Hold on. No, no. Here's the other thing. Everybody's always saying this. Tom and everybody's always saying this. He's got the answers to the book. Oh, it's all about the mental. He's so far ahead of everybody. Cool. Then your age at 42 should not matter. Oh, you figured out everything about pliability. You have TB12. You have the set. Cool. Your age should not matter then. I don't want to hear the fucking excuses then. You should get out there and crush it. And I'm going to hold you to the same standard that I hold all the other quarterbacks. Because that's what you want. So, all right. Agree or disagree. Is this his best offensive skill cast he's had as in, in his entire career? Disagree. I say it is. Disagree. You disagree. disagree. What was better? Randy Moss, Wes Welker. Was, you know, Randy Moss, Wes Welker. Uh, yeah, probably yeah, actually. Yeah. Randy Moss West Walker is definitely better. Than this. A close second, I think. A, this a, is. Very, a very close second, I would say. A very close second. Um, I think that there is a combination of Edelman. I think there's a combination of Edelman. Yeah, like Edelman, Gronk, Edelman, Gronk. Um, you've you J- maybe even R.I.P. Aaron Hernandez. J- Aaron Hernandez, yeah. Uh, James White, I think, does not get enough credit, but I will say this is very. Good. When you're talking about the running backs that they have, which are pretty good, you have their tight ends, which are insane, right? Like, do they still have they still have the other two tight ends that they had in the first place? Yeah, OJ Howard and Bray. Yeah, they got both of them. Yeah, that's crazy. Evans, Godwin. Yeah, no, they're stacked. That's insane. They're stacked. That's insane. Like, and you know what I mean? And that, you know, you and you've got Gronk no. I'm backing up my boy. I think I think he's gonna go out and he's gonna put up numbers. I and I think it'll just like it will back. be embarrassing for Bill if he does. It'll be embarrassing for Bill if he does, because it'll be like you should have gone out there and got some shit, because you could have done it again. So, um, all right, cool. Well, let's wrap this up here, um, folks. We need you to please go to iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that you're listening to us, and rate us five stars. That's how other people are going to find us. We want to get our name out there. We want to get this out to other folks. Again, this is going to be a podcast about everything New England, and I think once the uh, you know things start to get back to normal, we really see ourselves going out to breweries, going out to events, um, obviously within you know number of people regulations and whatnot um i think these guys are even going to get me to hike you know what i mean whatever and and do different things so we can kind of come back and report to you on this stuff so please help us get our name out there by going to spotify going to itunes rating us five stars it's a really really big help it's how it's how we will kind of get ourselves out there and get other folks um kind of hooked on this and whatnot we also would love your feedback if you want to dm us on any of our social media which uh we'll tell you uh the the kind of tags for here in a second we'd love to get our feedback so if there's content you like content you don't like um please let us know we we, we want to get better we want to give you the stuff that you want to hear um and whatnot nick where can they find us man so the actual accounts for the podcast you got our instagram at any underscore social twitter is at any social too my personal handle is at sun underscore of underscore ray 24 all right cool garb what's your uh what's your what, what kind of media do you like to go on i'm on facebook yeah you are and <laughs> <laughs> instagram 
Wait, what's your is... MySpace page? <laughs> I tried to find my MySpace. I couldn't find it. <laughs> what's your... Uh... What's the uh, what what was it Instagram? What's the Instagram big guy? Right, it's Ryan A Garby. Ryan A G A R B as in boy E. All right, y'all. You can find me on Kennedy sixteen twenty seven. That's Instagram Kennedy sixteen twenty seven. I'm Richard Kennedy. I'm here with Nick Goslin, Ryan Garby. We're New England Social. Peace. Later. Later.